A Cadmian Victory by M.J. Bradley Read by Sam Gabriel Based on the works of J.K. Rowling Chapter 9 Ostracized Harry woke up on the very cold, very uncomfortable floor of the chamber. His cheek pressed into the stones, and his arms bent oddly beneath him. Everything was blurry. My glasses, he realized, squinting around in search of them. The round-framed glasses were lying only a few feet from him, but when he reached out his body protested. Even Oliver Wood's infamously long Quidditch training sessions had not made him as stiff and sore as he felt now. Awkwardly, he pushed his glasses back onto his nose and struggled up. Salazar was sleeping in his frame, and the runes he had so painstakingly engraved across the floor of the chamber had faded. The only signs that he had ever undertaken either ritual were his smarting muscles and the incessant throbbing of his head. Harry groaned. He could really use some water. Staggering rather stiffly past the snoring Salazar, he bent, grimacing, to retrieve his wand. Pointing its tip into the palm of his hand, he softly commanded, Aguamenti. His imagination was already full of the images and sound of water from thirst, so he hardly needed to focus. A spray of water reflected off his cupped hand like tap water off the inside of a spoon and soaked his chest. Wonderful. He scowled at the chill creeping down his front. Now I have to go back to Gryffindor Tower and change. Salazar's snores rumbled to a stop. Oh, look, you survived. I feel utterly awful. Why do you wait? The ritual has nothing to do with water. I wanted a drink. Harry stuck his wand in his sleeve and dried his other hand off on a dry patch of his robes. Your magic came out more easily than you expected, then. Good thing the first spell you tried was quite the harmless one. I've got to go and change. Take me back into this study first. I have spent more than enough time near that basilisk already. Fine. Harry heaved the portrait onto his shoulders. You should really make better use of her, Slytherin said. Harry hefted the painting back up onto the wall. Of who? My basilisk, of course. Salazar gave him a pitying look. There's all sorts of useful stuff on this serpent. Like what? Harry glanced back through the door. The impenetrable scales that can't be cut into anything useful? The venom, Salazar snapped. The skin and the meat's only valuable if you can use it. You can't. I'm not going anywhere near that thing's mouth again. One dose of venom was enough for me. He shuddered at the memory of it burning through his veins. More than enough. You're bitten? Phoenix tears. About the only things the ridiculous birds produced as useful, Salazar grumbled. Helga had one of these silly things. It never did anything except steal fruit and set fire to things. Snakes are far better. Because you're not at all biased. I quite like phoenixes. Fox saved my life. My wand even has a phoenix feather core. Salazar stroked the head of his snake. And but it's a powerful but rather limited wand. Phoenix feather wands don't excel at some of the more delicate aspects of magic. Why not? I do not know for sure. Helga told me it might have something to do with their elusive but powerful and emotive nature. I think she was guessing. Salazar furrowed his brow and thought... You should get your wand checked, really. That ritual can sometimes have an effect on it. Harry pressed his wand into his chest. Can? That's why I told you to leave it outside of the rooms. 
you have slightly changed your magic. Inevitably, that will have some effect on the conduit you use to channel magic. What kind of effect? Most of the time it's nothing. Neither I nor Tom ever noticed the difference. But I heard of instances where the person needed their wand length changed. A different type of wood, or even a new core. I wouldn't worry about it. Could just have a new one made, or if you can't afford it, don't. The old one might not be a perfect match, but it would still work very well for you. I see. Harry pulled the cold, wet front of his robes away from his skin. I should leave. This is soon, Salazar said. Take it easy for a day or so, though. Rituals can take some time to recover from. Well, it's not like I'm involved in anything dangerous. Salazar snorted, then settled down in his frame and closed his eyes. Harry left the portrait to nap. Hey, Mazel, he called on his way past the cubicle. Have you been down there all night? Myrtle swooped out of her cubicle, her cheeks flushed silver. Yes, but you can't tell anyone. I really need someone that's just for me. She flashed him a small smile. I will share, Harry. You're the only person that ever comes to talk to poor Myrtle. Thanks. He pulled a wide smile onto his face. After a change, I'm all wet. Myrtle giggled. I noticed. She zipped into her cubicle with her hands clasped over her mouth. Odd. Harry eyed the closed door of Myrtle's cubicle, then headed for Gryffindor Tower. Oh, well. Mr. Potter! Professor McGonagall caught him on the staircase up to the fat lady's picture. Where have you been? I was practicing what's probably considered dark magic in the Chamber of Secrets. Harry held his tongue. Professor McGonagall drew herself up. And why are you wet? I performed the water summoning spell a little too proficiently. That's a six-year spell, Mr. Potter. Some of the stiffness faded from her posture and her eyes softened. Very well done. It needs to be, too, since as a try was a champion, you're excused from all lessons you don't wish to attend. No more potions. A grin slipped onto his lips. Every cloud. I hope that smile has nothing to do with not having to attend your lessons, Mr. Potter, Professor McGonagall chided. You've come forward in leaps and bounds from last year, but this tournament is still much too dangerous for any child, let alone a fourth year. I can't believe so many of the younger years would have the irresponsibility to try to enter their names. She swept off. The fat lady gave him a cool look, but swung out of his way. Really? Even the portraits? A tense, thick quiet fell over the common room. Harry ignored the stairs and strode upstairs to his dormitory. Dull white hangings dangled from around his bed. Petty. He dispelled the charm with a tap of his wand, then checked for anything untoward. If Ron set the twins on me, this could be a long year. Harry discarded his wet robes onto the pile of not-so-clean clothes and clawed on some clean ones. Harry. A quiet shuffle came from the dormitory's doorway. Neville. Neville steepled his fingers and pushed his hands together. I'm sorry about the others, Harry. They're just angry that you told them you wouldn't enter, didn't want to, and still managed to come away with something they all wanted. Do you believe I put my name in, Neville? He shuffled his feet. I don't think it really matters. I didn't ever want to take part, but everyone else, they were so hopeful. When you became champion, after being so disinterested in it all, they got really annoyed, especially the older students who thought they had a good chance. Harry sighed. If I could have, I would have swapped with them, Nev. 
Yeah, I know, but that doesn't mean all that much when you can't. He's right. It doesn't matter what I say or what I wanted. I still have what they were after, and the fact I didn't want it probably makes it worse. Anyone share your opinion? he asked. Or is it just you? Most of the younger students are annoyed you managed to get past Dumbledore when they couldn't. The older ones are resentful, especially Angelina, and Ron, Seamus, and Dean were really angry. I'll take that as a no, then. Lavender, Pavati, and some of the girls in our year and below don't mind. Hermione seems more worried about you and wherever you're spending all your time than anything to do with the Trial Wizard Tournament. It's Angelina Johnson and the few who are tipped to be champion who you need to watch out for. They're really not happy you stole their place. I didn't steal anything, Neville. Well, I don't think you're going to be seeking next year. Neville stared at his toes. I don't think you're going to be very popular for a while. I've dealt with that before. Remember second year? Gryffindor has stuck by you in second year, Neville muttered. Angelina's made pretty sure that won't happen. Stupid bloody girl. Harry watched him shuffle away with ice coursing through his veins. Is Angelina that upset she didn't get picked? Cedric got chosen over her anyway. Harry wandered back down to the common room with a tight, cold ball caught up in his chest. Lavender and Parvati giggled by the fire. They shot him brief glances with soft eyes, then turned away. He slumped down and stared into the flames. There you are, Harry! A hand came down on either of his shoulders. The Weasley twins appeared on either side of him. He let his wand slide down his sleeve into his palm. What do you two want? No need for concern, Harrykins. We're not against you. They pulled up two chairs of their own, each sitting on the chair their brother had brought. You believe me? If we couldn't get past the age line, how could an it'll fall for you? They smiled and shook their heads. That's not it at all. Besides, even if you did, then we'd only tip our hats to you for tricking the headmaster himself. Right, George? Right, Fred. The problem we face is far more tricky. Fred and I look quite close to Angelina and Alicia. Girls, you know. Well, you don't, but you will, eh, Erikins? Fred shrugged. We don't want to ruin that. So I'm afraid we'll have to be keeping our distance a bit. Ginny, too. Ron's already told her to stay away from you and bring home some garbled version of events. She didn't look too happy about it, though, did she, Fred? Indeed not, George. She hexed our littlest brother good. But she said she really wants to join the Quidditch team next year. And you know Angelina will hold a grudge. Alicia, too. They haven't forgiven us for swapping on our double date with him yet, Fred said. And that was almost a year ago. No pranks and no odd feelings. They patted Harry on the shoulder, then left him by the fire. Harry stared into the flame's flickering orange light. Hermione better believe me, or I might as well just move him with Salazar. He tossed another log onto the fire and watched the flames curl over it. It cracked and popped, scattering sparks over the front of the grate. Ash trickled from the crevices of the log down into the cooling pile of embers. Screw this. Harry thrust himself out of the chair and wandered toward Charms. Hermione always gets there, Ellie. He stuck his head round the door. Empty chairs lingered between bare desks. Harry slipped into a seat in the back corner of the class. Mr. Potter! Professor Flitwick bounced into his classroom. I was under the impression that you were excused from classes. I'm excused from the ones I don't want to attend, sir, Harry said. Oh, your mother always loved charms. It must run in the family. You're almost as early as she used to be. Flitwick teetered on the balls of his feet. Do you have questions for me? Miss Granger normally comes early with questions. 
I'm keeping up fine, Professor. I've actually gotten a little ahead. That's great news! You'll need the time to prepare for the tournament. Where have you managed to get up to? A brief warmth surged through Harry's chest and a hot lump rose into his throat. I've finished all of it. All of it? Professor Flitwick's jaw dropped. But it's October! I did some reading over the summer. Quite a lot of reading by the sound of it. Flitwick pulled his wand out and waved it at his desk. The cap of an ink bottle unscrewed itself and floated over. Can you demonstrate your banishing charm for me, Mr. Potter? It would certainly ease my worries about you being a champion. Harry flicked his wand. The cap hissed across the classroom and pinged off the window. Excellent! Professor Flitwick cried. Nonverbal as well! I wonder why you even came to class today, Mr. Potter. You're well ahead of all your peers. Hermione cleared her throat from the door to the classroom. Professor? Miss Granger, your friend has just been demonstrating his astonishing grasp of the banishing spell. Quite exemplary for a fourth year. Hermione's eyes darted to Harry's wand. I had a question about her essays, Professor. It's a bit late now, Miss Granger. I'm collecting them at the start of class. Oh, uh, Professor Flitwick. Harry slid his wand back into his sleeve. I haven't got my essay. Don't worry, Mr. Potter. You are clearly in no need of the revision that essay provides. You've been excused from classes regardless, remember? Harry released a quiet sigh. Thank you, Professor. You can perform the banishing charm? Hermione whispered as the other students filed in, looking remarkably under-eager. You said it looked interesting, not that you'd already mastered it. I thought it might come in useful. It's about time I took some of this stuff more seriously. There's only so many times I can luck my way out of life-threatening scenarios. That's probably wise of you. I'm impressed, Harry. Hermione pursed her lips. Is that where you've been disappearing off to, then? A smile crept onto Harry's lips. Yeah, I need to practice somewhere. How far have you got? Harry weighed the words on the tip of his tongue, measuring the spark of competition burning in Hermione's eyes. I've reached a lot of the sixth-year material in both Charms and Transfiguration. That's amazing, Harry! She glanced around and lowered her voice. Seriously, I saw you trying to summon butterflies, but I thought it was a one-off attempt. You've gotten so good so fast. I've got the hang of that butterfly spell now. If it weren't for this bloody tournament, I might have managed loads of new stuff this year. Hermione crossed her arms. I can't believe you're ahead of me in two classes now. Harry glimpsed more than a flash of envy in her eyes. You'll still be as good as me at potions, our electives, and you're miles better than me at any essays. Charms and Transfiguration are my favorites after arithmetic, though, Hermione sighed. And so now you're better than me at them. I'll have to get the hang of the banishing charm this week now, too. Have to? Harry raised an eyebrow. Really? Why does she always feel like she needs to know more than me? Flitwick handed a pair of small clay tiles to them. Repairing charm, he squeaked. A very useful one indeed. Harry nudged Hermione's elbow. Do you think I put my name in? Honestly, I don't think so, but I'm not certain. You've been different since the World Cup, distant, withdrawn, but I don't know, more driven. I don't know what you're thinking like I used to. She poked her clay tile round in a circle with the tip of her wand. Is it me? Is it because now you know all this stuff, you don't need me to help anymore? So you don't need to talk to me? You're my friend, Hermione. Harry caught her tile under his hand. If I just wanted someone to tell me facts, I'd go to the library and ask a teacher. He shook his head. I didn't put my name in, I promise. You know where this stuff is for me. Anything remotely weird and I get sucked into it somehow. Well, not somehow, usually riddle. Harry froze. 
Let's hope it's not this time. It doesn't really seem like his sort of thing. That's true. Hermione dropped her tile onto the desk. It shattered across the hard wood. But you're not acting like you did before. You used to get sucked into dangerous stuff and, well, play the hero, I guess. It was never about you. This isn't like that. It's dangerous, but it's a game. And it's all about the champions, about you. You can't pretend you're not competitive. I've seen you play Quidditch. You must want to win a bit. It's not worth winning. It's a stupid idea. Something worth winning, then. Harry buried the echo of Salazar's words somewhere further down where he couldn't hear them. Maybe a bit, deep down. Hermione flashed him a smile. At least you want the air of Slytherin. Yeah, that would be terrible. He frowned. Salazar's sarcasm is starting to rub off on me. I'm sure it will all pass, just like things did that year. I had to kill a basilisk to prove my innocence. That's nobody in Gryffindor listened to the rumors back then. It'll be fine. Hermione tapped the tile with her wand. It crept back together into a square, marred only by a few thin, dark lines. Ron will get over it. He always does. When it becomes clear you didn't put your name in, everyone will feel rather stupid and come to apologize. I'm not sure I want them back, Harry whispered. Harry! Hermione's tile slipped through her fingers and shattered. They're your friends! They aren't acting like it, are they? But it's not really their fault. You must realize what it looks like. You cast a bit of a shadow, Harry, and it just keeps getting bigger. If they want to be friends with me, then they should know me well enough to see through it. He scowled at her tile as it flowed back into a perfect clay square. If they don't know me well enough to get past that, then they can't really be my friends, can they? Just because they know better doesn't mean they can help themselves from reacting. Nobody can. Hermione gnawed at her lip. Even me. Look at you, suddenly as good as me at everything. With all the popularity and fame. Why would you need some muggle-born girl hanging off your coattails? And I know that's not how you see it, but sometimes it's all I can think about. So she has to be better than me. Riddle's smooth whisper welled up from the back of his skull and several things fell into place in Harry's head. Because if she's better than me, I'll need her. A shard of ice froze beneath his ribs, and being needed, being better than me, is more important to her than just being my friend. A shard of ice froze beneath his ribs. Did you not think I might stick by my friends just because they're my friends? Stupid. Harry shook his head and swept his bag back up onto his shoulder. Hermione chewed her lip, then crossed her arms and huffed. What? I can't help it. None of the others are any better. No, you're just as bad as the others. He bit his tongue before the words slipped out. Maybe if I'm better than you often enough, you'll get used to it. You could just be my friend, then. He stalked out. Shouldn't you be in lessons, Potter? Malfoy sneered at him from the end of the charms corridor. Shouldn't you? I heard your housemates have finally realized what a pretentious, pathetic person you are, Malfoy smirked. Even Weasley doesn't want anything to do with you. How does it feel to be ditched by a charity case? Harry glanced up and down the empty corridor. Just the two of us. He slipped his wand from his sleeve. Anything else you'd like to say? He placed the tip between Malfoy's eyes. I know a wonderful number of hexes now. You wouldn't dare. Try me. Harry dragged his widest, brightest smile onto his face. Please try me. Give me an excuse. 
"'You think you're such a big shot, Potter?' Malfoy snarled. "'You're nothing. "'Everyone knows you're just a cheat and a liar now.' "'He shoved himself out from under Harry's wand. "'Look at you, all alone. "'And no wonder I mean—' "'You've grown brave, Malfoy.' "'Harry clawed his smile back over his lips, "'talking back to someone who has you at wand point "'and walking around the castle without your lackeys. "'Agomenti. "'Nothing.' "'His thoughts echoed from the back of his mind in Riddle's voice.' I was nothing for eleven years. No name, no hope, barely even existing. This spoiled brat understands nothing. A stream of water burst from his wand's tip, drenching Malfoy. Potter, he spluttered. I'll see you in so many detentions for this. Harry laughed. No, you won't. Not unless you want to admit I bested you with a water-conjuring charm of all things. He grinned. You probably should have kept your newfound bravado in check, Draco. It's really not done you any favors. I hope you die in the tournament, Potter. I doubt you're the only one, but I'm afraid I'll have to disappoint you. Harry slipped his wand back into his sleeve and out of sight. Oh, and Malfoy, if I find out you or your father have anything to do with my name coming out of the goblet, I'm going to make you wish you'd been competing in my place. End of chapter 9 For the text of this and other stories, visit alltheblankcanvas.com, as well as patreon.com slash theblankcanvas. Music by As I Walk Into the Abyss Blinded. QA assistance by Sakiko and Ohana. If you would like to commission me to record a story, voiceover, or character, please get in touch using the contact information on my website, which is located at sangabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as links to my Patreon page, to which I hope you consider subscribing to support me, and my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.